Hi. As promised, the Mid-Delcom podcast goes on introducing the domains for detecting risks and opportunities of the media. In this episode, we shall talk about the journalism domain in all of its diversity. It will be a comparatively sizable talk, but worth listening. I'm Urmas Loit, the Mid-Delcom communication officer. To get going, Professor Haliki Harloit, the Media Delcom project coordinator, will provide us with an all-round explication of the domain. When we think about media-related risks and opportunities to deliberative communication, then journalism is playing a crucial role. There has been quite a lot of discussion on the future of professional journalism, especially after the business model of news media collapsed during the 21st century. Some people forecast that other communication means other communicators take over the role of journalism. And the truth is that journalism has lost its monopoly over the news. But at the same time, network society, where information overload is increasing and where different actors are competing for attention, professional journalism is playing a very important role, not only as a possible watchdog, but the history has shown that there is no other agents than professional journalists who have competencies time, motivation, to process complicated information and to process complicated information into news stories that are basis for any deliberation. get further more insights, we have the Swedish team around the table, if I may call the team's communication platform that way, and discuss the issues of the journalism domain. To be precise, we have all three Swedish teams present, as every scholar comes from a different academic entity, which also is a separate legal body. And so, every professor in our studio makes a team out of himself. Please meet Peter Periles and Martots from Jönköping University and Lars Nord from the Mid-Sweden University. When one reads about the journalism domain in the application, the journalism domain tends to include quite many different aspects including both economic or business-oriented aspects of journalism, but also, for example, working conditions and news production conditions, but also, in some sense, policy-oriented aspects. So is it something about journalism that we don't do, (laughs) Peter and Lars? In one way, it's natural to see journalism as a cornerstone of democracy. It's impossible to talk about deliberative communication without addressing the theme of of, of journalism. I mean, 
this is quite essential if you're going to study democracy and communication because journalism differs from so many other forms of media content. It's truth seeking, it's it's free and it's independent from political power holders and so on. Basically, it's very reasonable that journalism is there in the application and is there as a domain. But then, as you said previously, it's also a scattered area with a lot of approaches. And that is maybe one of the challenges for our work to navigate in this journalist environment that we have to deal with. One thing that I thought of was that when we talked about this, we don't deal with the journalistic output itself. We don't deal with uh, the texts or the TV shows or whatever it is that can affect the liberty of democracy, but we focus on the conditions for its production. What are the conditions in society to actually produce journalism? Mm -hmm. This is a big issue because journalism is not produced in a vacuum. There are these conditions, but there are many different types. There are technological determinants, there are other kinds of conditions, but of economic nature and a market character and there are policy conditions and mm. so on. So even if we limit ourselves to studies of conditions of journalists, we still have a lot of aspects to deal with and also to select among. Yes, what could one say? We are very much dealing with underlying conditions for producing media content which could be relevant for deliberative communication, which could somehow promote deliberative communication. I think that very early also we had those discussions with the Slovakian team who is which is responsible for the journalism competences domain. And we needed somehow to distinguish between on the one hand, you know, just the study of competences among journalists and the underlying conditions for fulfilling those competences. But I think that we have worked out relatively good solutions where it is quite clear that we focus on conditions and they focus on competences. But Peter, you also have your favorite area of sustainability in here. How do you think it relates to deliberative communication? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. When Haliki uh, contacted me before the very application was submitted, It was probably due to my engagement in the concept of sustainable journalism together with Mart. We have been very much engaged in this concept, sustainable journalism or the sustainability of journalism, where we have focused on the social sustainability aspects of journalism and economic sustainability aspects. That in order to produce good journalism, journalism which is good for democracy good for society it has to be economically sustainable it has to be characterized by a good business model or but it also needs to develop underlying social sustainability conditions like a good organization sustainable working conditions resources technology etc So, yes, then we have tried to elaborate with this concept of sustainability or sustainable journalism in the very formulation of journalism domain. A simple answer would be that journalism need to be sustainable in the economic and social sense in order to be good for deliberative communication. And I think this is an, I mean, it's an interesting problem to solve for uh, journalism in, I would say, most countries. 
like you say, that there might be a tendency if the economy is getting worse mm. and you're making less money, that you resort to a kind of journalism that is maybe cheaper to produce or yeah. that you will think will generate money quicker mm. by getting more clicks or something else. There is not necessarily a contradiction between the economic and kind of social or democratic ideals here, but there is indeed yeah. a, a challenge to solve. Yes, definitely. I mean, because social sustainability is very much associated with values as, you know, free speech, democracy, uh, transparency and so forth and, and quality. And for example, media's role yeah, as a fourth estate, you know, to investigate critically the political elite. But if the media too much emphasize economic sustainability, it might become a problem from a social sustainability perspective and vice versa. Yeah, so it's maybe correct to define sustainability as a very sustainable umbrella overarching concept that is linking to this concept of deliberative communication and very important, I think, for our further analysis here in this field and also observing this balance, as you talked about, between social and economic sustainability. And I think that this is a dimension that filters through all our the conditions that we are looking upon. Another challenge is, of course, to formulate um, variables which are supposed to be applicable in all 14 countries. I mean, this has been a challenge for all domains, but I think that still, based upon the feedback that we have got from the other participants in this project, it seems that most of our conceptual variables are also relevant in the other countries. I think that journalist domain in one way is the most diversified mm. domain of all of this one. And, and sometimes during the discussions, I can be a bit envious to other domains that could rely very much on, on previous research they haven't done in this field. They have exact templates for how to look upon some speci very specific variables. Mm. And in that way, it has been a challenge for us because there are many more scattered aspects to observe and to take into account. Yeah. So I, I think this is a basic challenge, but I like challenges, so it's not a problem, no, but uh, no. you have to think a lot about how you go on with this. We are not complaining. No, absolutely no. not. <laughs> there are areas, great zones, I think, in relation to all the other domains in the project that needs to be handled in a, in a proper way for, for the future. So should we talk a little bit about how we reasoned with the different um, conceptual variables? I can just mention that I mean, since I was dealing with the uh, economic conditions for journalism, I, I think there are many challenges, many economic challenges for journalism today. And we have the business models that are not working as well as before, that the transition from print media to digital platforms has meant that their advertising and subscription revenues have gone down, that they cannot get as much as well paid online as they could on print. Also, uh, other media are 
experienced pressure from international global tech giants like Google and Facebook that are taking parts of the advertising market taking away revenues that could have been used for producing journalism. So, of course, a risk. The production resources for journalism, I think, in many countries are decreasing. Then, of course, many journalistic organizations are looking for a new business model, and they're trying to diversify into different areas, but there's no perfect solution that will solve this dilemma. So I think that, the, that of course, it's uh, for us to determine how much is it decreasing, how much is the market for journalism shrinking really is something that I, I think that we need to look at. But I don't know, Peter and Lars, if you had any you know, thoughts mm. about the economic situation. Yes, what one, one can add here is also this public service media and also mm. that in some countries there is discussions about how to finance public service media public service system is also included very much in our domain and including how it should be financed. I can also add on, on the, this point that we have discussed this a lot and maybe we have decided that we would widen this policy perspective a little bit because media policy is broader. Public service media is an important part of countries' media policies, but there are also subsidies to other kinds of media. There are subsidies for for innovation subsidies, for producing journalism in areas with less media presence and so on. So there are a lot of combinations there. And I think you have to take everything into account when you're looking upon the policy conditions of the media, even if public service media, of course, at this time is quite controversial in many countries. And you can see an increased polarization on this issue in many countries in Europe. No, but I think that's interesting, really. I mean, because since the, like we said, the advertising revenue is going down for many of the journalistic media, you can say that, well, then maybe it's a situation for the state to go in and, and subsidize more or put more money into public service media. And that could be okay, but at the same time, of course, there's risks involved with that if the links between the state and the public service media is getting uh, too close. It's a controversial topic with not a, a single answer of what is a good solution and what is a bad solution. Maybe the, the conflict pattern changed a bit. I participated yesterday in a, another seminar on media policy in Sweden, and we then talked about the fact that Previously, commercial media was very much in conflict with public media when it comes to subsidies and, and resources. This seems to have been more of a consensus today and more of discussions between different kinds of media. While, on the other hand, the political conflict on public service media is actually, in the case of Sweden, now becoming more polarized. So. The conflict area is moving a bit from the media side to the political side. And then, of course, it still imposes risks for public service media, but risks of a slightly another kind than previously. Uh, that's interesting, Lars. I agree that the political debate has is, is become much more popular to criticize public service media from a political standpoint. But at the same time, all the big commercial media houses are backing public service media and acknowledging the importance of a co to coexistence and how they can help each other mm -hmm. and so on and collaborate even. Yeah, yeah. 
And one big surprise yesterday was actually that the Swedish Prime Minister Stefan Löfven said in Dagens Media, which is a magazine on media business, that the Social Democrats would like to make media policy to a big election issue in next year's election. And I mean, <laughs> that is fantastic because all parties previously in Sweden, they never like to have media policy issues on the agenda during elections. So it it's maybe a sign of an increased battle in this area that could characterize also a forthcoming election. We will not have the time to go through all the variables of the journalism domain. I can still mention some of them, except economy. I would like to mention also the, the working conditions, which it also includes employment conditions. And the fact that due to the media business crisis, there is this increasing circulation of people moving from journalism to other communication domains, like the PR sector, like communication offices at companies or in the authorities. And the fact that there is this kind of uh, convergence between the PR sector and the media sector, to some extent, it might be considered as a risk because it could somehow contribute to uh, blurring distinctions between what is PR communication and what is journalism and what is other types of communication. All those different types of communication are characterized by a particular kind of values and uh, intentions which need to be separated or distinguished. But due to the fact that there is this kind of increasing circulation of people moving back and forth, for example, between PR and journalism, that could become a risk. Then the question is if they are moving in both directions. My um, idea so far is that most people are leaving journalism and are not coming back. Yes, I would say that the empirical studies that we have on this primarily point in that direction. No, I think you can see many uh, people, also quite well-known people from news that moving into communication officer positions at big uh, corporations and so on. Mm. And of course, it's uh, <laughs> more well-paid and more safe uh, work environment, perhaps, <laughs> which is a challenge, I think, for, for journalists. Do you think mm. Like journalists, do, do you have to be an idealist to be a journalist in the future? Mm. My perception is also that uh, companies, corporations uh, who, who recruit these kind of people, they also try to look a bit journalism-like. They produce magazines, TV programs, websites that they want to have a journalistic frame and style. So, so they use the good reputation of journalism but put it in another context. And I will see that as a risk if they pretend to be journalists and they are not. But I think that's interesting because since I'm at a business school and uh, I've been looking quite a lot at commercial companies producing everything from customer magazines to what you say now that traditional advertising is gone and you want to put your you know corporate resources into producing journalistic like or at least you know professional kind of creative productions that would actually attract viewers on uh, social media platforms and other places 
Mm-hmm. So they need the, the kind of journalistic or yeah. media production skills in a different way than they used to be before. And this division between journalism and corporate media production is actually blurring. Especially the journalistic skills seems to be very much appreciated in the communication mm-hmm. sphere. Do we think that this is a situation where the industry needs to adapt to, perhaps? It's it's unavoidable that we have a more liquid or fluid working life where people move between different professions or tasks, even if this we see this as problematic for journalism to some extent. Still, if we associate journalism with some specific characteristics, it might be reasonable to defend the borders to some extent, even if, of course, you have to adapt to new situations. It might be difficult to do a critical reporting about a car manufacturer if you're the next day you're going to make an advertising piece about that. <laughs> and I mean, there is this concept of what is it, advertorials that was once used in the discussion as a, the, the mixture between editorial work and, 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 and advertising and how you try to hide advertising in, in editorial texts and so on. There'll be some ethical discussions, but uh, of, of course, it's tempting for news organizations to do these kind of things because it may increase your revenues. As you can hear, Urmas, we could continue for hours. We have so many things to discuss, but we very much look forward to studying those things in the European context. Now we very much talk from a Swedish perspective, but I very much look forward to compare also the development in different European countries. Thanks to Peter Perilles and Mart Dots from Jönköping University and Lars Nord from Midsweden University. That's it for today, for sure. We shall return to the discussions around the journalism domain, and two more domains remain to go, so stay tuned to hear us soon.